guys. Jared here to tell you about a fantastic little website called podcorn.com. That's P-O-D-C-O-R-N.com. They're a fantastic little website that cuts out the middleman of being able to help you find sponsors to sponsor your artwork. Uh, The best part, you don't have to give up any creative freedoms. You don't have to tell them, sell your soul or anything like that. Uh, They just help you connect to sponsors to get what you're doing sponsored and get you paid. Um, and if you're a brand and you're looking to help get the word out through podcasts, they'll help you connect to podcasters that will effectively, you know, broadcast your business. I mean, it's a win-win situation. Uh, so go check out podcorn.com and thank you, Podcorn, for sponsoring this episode. But with that, guys, onward to the oddcast. For you new people, because I, I had like five of the guys that I was working with prior, so they already knew me. And we we're all geeks for this and we all love it. I was like, all right, for you new people, just have one rule. Everybody fights. Nobody quits. If you don't do your job, I kill you myself. <laughs> so you literally quoted this fucking movie. I did. The funny part is, is some of the NCOs that were grading did not understand uh, that I was quoting uh, this movie. One of them checked me losers. and slammed me on the ground and immediately took my rifle for threatening the soldiers the <laughs> lieutenant colonel in the background is dying and they're like sir this is a serious offense he's like you just realized you quoted a fucking movie dude you got tackled over starship troopers i know and the, the, the nco was like i have no i he's like sitting there he's like uh, uh, it, it. so the lieutenant colonel's like it's all right i got you rico carry on <laughs> <laughs> I walk over, I grab my rifle from this NCO, and I said, See, I told you. Now let's go kill some bugs. <laughs> oh my At that God. point, it clicked, and he's like, Oh my God, I feel like a dumbass. Execute Order 66. You are not prepared. It's over 9,000! <gasps> You're listening to an oddcast. You know, swirling whirlpool of death, and that the goths and the geeks were completely right about society <laughs> and how it operates. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna tell you from working with uh, adults, some people never grow out of that. They're fucking. So, this one bitch. <laughs> her name, her name is bitch. Megan. Um, she keeps calling the HR hotline to her say that people are sexually harassing people because they don't like them because she doesn't like them <laughs> wow yeah i got that a, issue fuck those we people. had to have a conversation our directors <laughs> had to have a conversation sit down with all of us like we were 12 and say okay don't do that this is bad we don't do that here and welcome to what an odd cast i'm jared that's seth here with us again and that's Anthony, and that's Jeremy. You fucking know us. Welcome to What an Oddcast. Why don't you ask? It'd be the Four Horsemen. <laughs> four Horsemen of the Nerdocalypse. And <laughs> and uh, once again, thank you to Podcorn for sponsoring this episode. Uh, right off the top of the gate. Also, go to StitcherPremium.com. That's StitcherPremium.com. Use code ODDCAST, all caps. Get your first 30 days free. Thank you for sponsoring as well. Uh, but today, gentlemen, we're talking Starship Troopers, something that's very near and dear to me from childhood. I still love this fucking movie, and we're talking <laughs> that today, guys. Well, before we jump into that, though, 
that there is some political views in that. Those political views do not represent our political views or how we see the world and how it operates, nor does it reflect the army on my side or the show and all of its members. Well, I mean, that's more speaking for you. Wait, way, way to cover your ass on anything you said. <laughs> yes, the anything that goes political with this episode, because there's definitely some shit from the director himself. Uh, we'll get into a little bit about him, too. Uh, but it doesn't reflect on Jeremy or the Army. We'll just put that out there right now, because yes. you know, it doesn't reflect on him or them. <clears throat> Gentlemen, uh, so when's the last time any of you guys like really watched uh, Starship Troopers? Four weeks ago. 2010 2011 well the last time i binge it was probably 2016 when uh the i think it was the trader mars came out um yeah, or maybe it was 2017 so i watched all of them and i watched the trader mars um cgi movie when that came out so which uh getting into this uh i want to there's a couple things i want to cover over before we get into all of it uh which is that uh the first movie Great fucking movie. Like, uh, it is. It, it's a great movie. Uh, the second one and third one can go fuck itself. I, I didn't <laughs> care for either of them. Uh, but there are two, as Seth put, uh, animated CGI movies that they did. Uh, one's Trader Mars. The other one's called Invasion. And both of those were good, too. Uh, it's really just Starship Troopers 2 and 3 are just, I skip them both every time. I just can't. Uh, only because they included things that they just don't ever mention with each other like it the things that they bring up are never brought up ever again <laughs> like yeah what are they doing that movie yeah we're not yeah, yeah fuck that we're not gonna use that guy's idea because the second and third one had completely different directors and different teams that were on them uh so oh so you also saw star wars <laughs> actually i did see the new one i just saw it tuesday finally got to see that one uh which uh i did like it I liked it more than than uh, the other two they had done before that. Uh, which, right off the gate, uh, if we're going to talk, you know what, bringing that up, uh, I actually found out that with the trilogy that they just did with Star Wars there, they, uh, you know their problem with that whole trilogy? Like, the honest-to-God problem? Disney. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have a plan of what they were doing with it until they started shooting the first one. You didn't know that? Like they just they just had been winging it from the get go, and the lady they put in charge just didn't keep anybody on. She kept firing everyone. Uh, Johnson had the second one written before they even had the first one done, so that's why his was a jumbled mess in the middle of the trilogy. Is because he already had that one done before they even fu- fucking knew what they were doing with the first one. So it was just one of those like, what the fuck are you doing? Like why why the fuck are you writing a second movie before the first one's done? That's that's idiotic. Uh, but the third one, I felt they, they tied it up nice. It ended up the saga nicely. I liked it. Uh, I rank it up there high high enough. I liked it. We'll uh, we'll talk about it at a later time. Indeed, it'll be a bonus thing later on. Spoiler full. Uh, so, Starship Troopers, gentlemen. This movie came out in 1997, just right off the bat. Uh, I was three. Goddamn. Huh. This movie's 12 years old. Or no, oh no, not 12. 20, 20, 22 years old? 22 years old? 22 yeah, don't mix up 12 and 22. That can get you some real trouble. <laughs> <laughs> only, uh... Only never. Uh, so... <laughs> uh, sorry. Alright, so... 
with this movie, it came out in 97. Uh, let's just go over the cast real quick. Uh, you had Casper Van Dien. Uh, he played Johnny Rico. Uh, you had Denise Richards playing Captain Carmen Ibanez. Uh, you had Dina Ooh. Meyer playing <clears throat> Dizzy Flores. Uh, Jake Busey. Gary Busey's son. <laughs> uh, he played Ace Levy. Uh, then he had Neil Patrick Harris, a very young fucking Neil Patrick Harris, uh, playing Carl Jenkins. Uh, then we also had Clancy Brown, Sergeant Zim, uh, Seth Gilliman uh, as uh, Sugar Watkins, Patrick Muldoon as Xander Bar- uh, Bar- Barkalov. I-, I couldn't figure out how the fuck to pronounce that. Barkalov is how I'm going to say it. Uh, and then good old Michael Ironsides uh, as Gene Resick. Uh, so there wasn't really, like, so getting into this here, if you don't recognize some of those names, it's because uh, there's a reason that they were all so young. Uh, so the director here, uh, Mr. Paul Verhoeven, great fucking director, by the way, like just an amazing fucking director when it comes to sci-fi and shit. Do you guys know what his credits were before this movie? No. Uh, <clears throat> was it Total Recall, or or was I oh. getting it mixed up with another <laughs> guy? RoboCop in 87. Oh my god, I fucking love RoboCop. We should do a RoboCop episode. <laughs> he did RoboCop in 87. He did Total Recall with Arnold in 90. Uh, and then uh, he also did Showgirls in 95. Uh, but he also did... Uh, Cough, cough, hollow man with Kevin Bacon in 2000. Uh, <laughs> so, so, I mean, most of his movies are pretty good. The hollow man one, that's, uh, that one divides yeah. people. <laughs> that divides people. Anthony's reaction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but before that, yeah, he did fucking Robocop and Total Recall and then came out with this one. Uh, fun fact, uh, this is actually, uh, he considers his favorite movie out of any movie he's done. Starship Troopers is his favorite one. So, well, I, I hope so, he... after all the money you pumped into the movie. Oh, boy, did he. <laughs> so, <laughs> the budget for this movie was an estimated $105 million. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, when they were talking to the studio, it was projected to be at $90 million, just to, just <laughs> for a fun fact. <laughs> so, not only was it a high-budget movie, like uh, Independence Day was $75 million. Um, and I think one of the other movies like 50 million at the time, but no, this was projected to be 90 million and and then, you know, they went over budget, of course. So, yeah, yeah, they went, they went over $105 million, uh, opening weekend, uh, in the U S went over 22 million. Uh, the U S growth, uh, gross that it made was 54 and then worldwide it made over 121 million. So they definitely made back the money. But after the second week, it dropped fifty percent because of yeah. You know, we'll we'll, we'll bad get into mouth. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that. <laughs> we'll get into a lot of the things that they had uh, going against him with this one. Uh, so, so yeah, the uh, Mr. Paul Verhoeven, uh, Paul Verhoeven here. Uh, the dude was like he was literally born in the middle of World War Two, <laughs> like just born in the middle of it in the in like. Uh, God, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, but yeah, he was born in the middle of World War II, and he was in the middle of like the fighting between the Germans and everyone else. Like he was in a German-controlled area. Uh, he described growing up as like I watched the mortars and bombers go over my house, watched them crash in my like in my community. Uh, so he grew up 
like as a child watching just war and people fucking murdering each other and bombings going off all around him. Uh, so that's uh, where you. That's what kind of why he does the things, but the way he does in like RoboCop or Total Recall or even Starship Troopers here, uh, where he gets very like gritty with the war aspect or very gruesome. Because the way he puts it, he's like, "I grew up with it." I mean, it's just human nature. We're just brutal creatures, and I witnessed it firsthand at three years old. So, I mean, it's just in our nature. It's what we do. Uh, So that's why any of his movies, he doesn't hold back with any of the violence, because it's just part of life. So, with this movie, Academy Award-wise, they only had a nominee for Best Visual Effects and uh, Effects itself. They didn't win it. But they did, however, <laughs> they did, however, win the Saturn Awards, which is a, a sci-fi fantasy horror films in the U.S. Here, uh, they won best costume and best special effects. So good on them. So they did. They did actually get yeah. recognized. Well, that's good, right? Uh, so, and if you haven't seen Starship Troopers, now that we've gotten that out of the way, uh, it's literally a bunch of soldiers fighting giant bugs. Bugs. <laughs> I'm doing my part. Would you I'm like doing my hard? part. <laughs> yes, you are. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service, Jeremy. God damn it. <laughs> you walked right into it. What do you want? <laughs> he just walks right into it. <laughs> look. Look, Rico is a legend for the mobile infantry, okay? He went from private to corporal to sergeant to LT. So I do also one uh, mission. I do I do also <laughs> want to call everyone out. Uh nobody fucking caught my little tongue in cheek fucking thing I posted where I was like, "Come on, maggots, you want to live forever." Nobody fucking caught that that I that I misquoted that. I was waiting for somebody to point it out so I could be like, "You get a gold star." Nobody fucking pointed it out. And I was very just what, like the apes? Sons of bitches. What? What, you apes want to live forever? That one? Yeah, the yeah, the iconic line oh. is, come on, apes, you want to live forever. Not maggots, because that would be bugs, so, and they're against bugs. Come on. Sorry, I was a little oh. distracted on my end, so I probably God damn it, I probably son. wasn't paying attention. <laughs> you son of a bitch. He was doing his part. <laughs> would you like to know more? <laughs> uh, so, fun fact, Casper uh, Van Dien ended up uh, getting casted as Rico. Uh, but you guys want to hear the people that were uh, that tried out for the role of Rico? Oh, of course. <laughs> Keanu Reeves. Oh God. Mark Wahlberg. Oh what? God. And Josh no. Brolin were all considered oh, no. and tried for the role, <laughs> but were ultimately out of the age range they were looking for. Oh yeah, let me um, yeah let me talk about that for a second. When they want to go into this movie, uh, they wanted to go with uh, young actors around the you know the high school age, they but they couldn't find anyone that would fit the you know full, um, fit the quote um, that had the talent at the time, or you know so they had to start looking at TV show actors, and that's people that had um, that had never really done a made a big picture movie uh, because they wanted it really young, and I have actually have the facts about that. Uh, but also, uh, with Carmen... Like Doogie Howser. <laughs> like, uh, so, with Carmen, they also had uh, Neve Campbell and Rebecca uh, Gayhart uh, that they wanted to be in the part, uh, but both of them were too busy making Scream 2, so they were unavailable. 
So we could have had, uh, yeah, could have had Neve Campbell in there. Yeah, I'm okay with who's cast. Oh yeah, no, it turned out fine. I just, I thought I was, I sat there and laughed a little bit, and I was like, really, Neve Campbell? That's who you wanted to? No, okay. Dude, I just want Josh Brolin to show up. <laughs> okay, first off, Mark Wahlberg. Could you imagine if he had been actually casted into that fucking movie? No. Oh, God. Dude, this was Marky what? Mark and the Funky Bunch Bucks? Mark Wahlberg, too. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I mean, at that time, wasn't he just still like doing the wrestling or the, the weightlifting stuff? Uh, he the was rapid? still the Funky Bunch Marky Mark by then, which you oh, okay. can't call it Marky Mark. But uh, he was still Marky Mark at that point. Like he was very young, hadn't really done a whole lot of big budget movies yet. It wasn't until shortly after this, in like the early two thousands, you saw Marky Mark starting to get bigger roles. He um, had yet to hit his stride in playing the main character in the movie by M Night Shyamalan called The Happening. <laughs> Best movie ever made. <laughs> hey, I love that uh, movie. <laughs> Just. <laughs> Jesus Christ, guys. Uh, <coughs> uh, but yeah, as Jeremy, uh, or sorry, as Seth put it there, uh, yeah, they wanted really, really young people. Uh, <clears throat> and this is a direct quote from the director. I wanted the actors to be young, uh, so the innocence was there, and it did not feel like it had to be faked or forced. Uh, so I looked for casting people in their early 20s, not late 20s, or early 30s. I wanted them to be early 20s, uh, 20 at the oldest or youngest. Uh, that's what I wanted for the movie, because I wanted them to be young and really show that these people uh, going into this war and going into this state of mind, they don't really know what they're doing and they don't understand the brutality they're getting into. So that's why he wanted them really young. He wanted to... He wanted to really showcase how this world that they were building was was made, uh, which was uh, it was a society all built around like the quote unquote big brother government that they had run, runs everything. Uh, so he wanted really young people to show that like if you you know when you're you're casted in you're very young you're very naive, uh, and then you're just thrown to fucking die against these giant fucking bugs because they they don't give a shit about the people they just want to keep a war going basically. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> uh, which also I just uh, before we get any further uh, I do recommend if you really want to know like bigger fa- like the bigger picture of how this movie came into be uh, the, there's a neat little documentary called Death From Above highly recommend that shit uh, it's all about they did it I think about 10 years after the movie was made uh, and they go into the details about how the movie came to be and it's where, it's where I got mostly back behind-the-scenes information today. Uh, it's only about 45 minutes, so it's not long, but it was super fucking interesting. Like, there's shit about how this movie was made that I was like, you fucking kidding me? Really? Like, it was fucking awesome. Um, <coughs> so, with the world that they built, uh, <clears throat> uh, they wanted to show a world of uh, a quote-unquote, if Hitler won, then the world would become a fascist government power, is what they were going for. Uh, that was the whole basis behind the world that they built with it. Uh, <clears throat> uh, and also, this is a movie that came out in 97. Do you gentlemen know that there's actually a book that this was based on? Yeah, it was like in the 50s. Correct. Oh, 
1959, Robert A. Heinlein won the Hugo Award in 1960, amongst much fucking controversy. Uh, before the movie was best known... I wonder uh, why. <laughs> before the movie, uh, he was actually best known for his work Stranger in a Strange Land in 1961. Uh, but he had actually made Starship Troopers uh, in 59, so it was before his biggest work was made. Uh, but the book itself uh, didn't have enough to use, so they actually added more de- uh, details and dialogue and uh, condensed characters into each other to make an actual movie. Because uh, everybody that was involved in this, even uh, Verhoeven himself, were huge fans of that book. But the book itself just didn't have enough for them to use uh, to make a full movie. Uh, and fun fact, the bugs that we see in the movie, they're actually like... How do I put that? They're, they're like... Uh, they're like the minions to the people that they're actually fighting. Uh, the people that they actually fight in the book are, uh, I, they call them the taller or skinny people. Uh, they're like these tall green alien men uh, and they, they're they controlling the bugs. So they're actually fighting them and the bugs are just like little minion characters. Uh, and in the book, the bugs actually have like fucking Gatlin laser guns and shit attached to them. So they're, like they're not just running around and paling and chomping on people. Like they're legitly like firing missiles and shit. Uh, so that was fun. That was fun to find out. <laughs> oh, and the <laughs> and the and the soldiers actually had power armor too, but yeah, we're not going to talk about that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and the movie years actually takes place in uh, twenty one ninety seven. So that's a fun, you know. It's, I mean, it's a it's a far off future, kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of. Just a little oh, bit. Man. So yeah, like I kind of like honestly, I didn't know there was a book, and I honestly kind of want to go find this book. You know what I mean? You know? Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> I was waiting for somebody to be like, "Yeah, I know." What you mean. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, it would be kind of interesting <laughs> to go into, um, you know, read a uh, Animal Farm, nineteen eighty four, and read that book just to see the. See if there's any similarities between that era, but yeah, that's like you know, that was like the period when everyone was starting to make the anti-fascist, anti-communist um, books and stuff like that. You know, as a warning to future generations, you know, you know, watch out this or this might be your future, maybe. Uh, that that you know, uh, <clears throat> so and uh, when Casper Van Dien was actually casted as the role Rico, yeah, uh, he actually got it. Uh, because he actually grew up in a military school and background, uh, so when he uh, when he went in to go do the role, he actually uh, had a right. He actually grabbed one of the rifles and was doing like, like Jeremy, you probably know more about that, but like he was doing like the you know like the kind of acting like kind of like the baton kind of thing and like the stances and whatnot. And they're like, you're, oh, you're so he was, he was doing his uh, uh, his facing movements is what you, what I think you're trying to say. Yeah, and then he was also doing he was doing his crap. I'm still groggy, so um, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's doing his facing movements or his ceremonial uh, facing movements. His yeah. left left face, right face, about face, half right face, half Correct. left face. Yeah, yeah, and when he did that, Verhoeven was like, "No, this is our guy. Like he he's perfect because <laughs> like he know he like he's supposed to be like the leading commander at a point in the movie. Like he's perfect." He knows he knows what he's doing. He's perfect, uh, and he was right in their age range. He was very young, 
I hadn't really hadn't done a big budget movie before, so that, it was like it was basically destiny to Van Hoven. He's like he's he's our guy. Like he's in the age range. He knows all the military shit. Like he's perfect. We need to cast him. There was no argument on that. They all agreed. Uh, so, <clears throat> and also fun fact. I have not been taken to Oxford Town. Was written uh, is actually a song uh, by David Bowie, and they just changed the words a little bit. Uh, but there's a David Bowie song in there that they sing uh, when they're at the, like the prom graduation scene, and they're singing that song. It's actually a David Bowie song that they just changed the words a little bit. Hmm. Yeah, he doesn't know that's a Bowie. Yeah, so Bowie's actually credited in the movie because they used the song. So. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> And I, and I have a fun little trivia here that I think you're all gonna. I think we can all get a kick out of this. Anthony, you're basically the dad of the group, so you can definitely get a kick out of it. What's up? You know I'm the baby. <laughs> you say the most fucking dad jokes out of all of us here, though. <laughs> you are a dad without kids. <laughs> I'll be your daddy. <sighs> oh, so in a 2016 interview with Casper Van Dien. This was uh, exactly what he said because he was asked uh, what it was like to have to uh, have been in Starship Troopers and you know have that be the biggest thing you're known for kind of deal. <clears throat> I picked up my ten and eight year old daughters up at school, and uh, there were these boys, and I pull up there, and they go, "Your dad is Johnny Rico. You didn't tell us. Oh man, yeah, you didn't tell us your dad was Johnny Rico." And I go, "You boys watch Starship Troopers? Yeah, our dads made us watch it with him." It was fucking cool. So my daughters get in the car and I start driving home. On the way home, my 10-year-old asks, did you really get naked in that movie? Yep. My 8-year-old, like, naked naked? Yep. Longest three-minute car ride ever. As my 10-year-old exclaimed, oh my god, my life is ruined. (laughs) Did you have your... Dick out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, which actually, uh, with that, uh, like the 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 cast and them, they all the scenes where they're in the shower, they had they were all full nude, which was something yep. watching this movie as a kid. Like, man, seeing all them titties. Mm. <laughs> um, so <laughs> just another fun fact: uh, the director that was filming it. He would also get naked to make yeah. it feel a little bit more Yeah. Comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, what? so the cast, uh, uh, like, like Casper Van Dien and all them, they were all supposed to do the shower scene, and they were all supposed to be naked. And uh, they all were like, ah, "I don't really know if I'm comfortable." So Van Hoven stripped himself down. And was like, "See, not so awkward." Yeah, well, we can all do it. <laughs> and he filmed that entire scene naked. That's great. Like, could you imagine? Like, oh, I'll make this. Um, I'm a little shy. Here, let me show you my penis. It'll make everyone feel better. No, no. We'll do it. Jesus Christ! Oh, oh my fucking god, guys! Oh. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, but yeah, no, they they just they were. It was kind of like an uncomfortable thing, you know. Like ah, I don't really want to get naked, so he's like, "Oh, I'll get naked with you." See, not so bad. <laughs> not uh, so bad. So yeah, he was naked during uh, all the 
any scene like that, Van Hoeven was also naked to make everyone else feel more comfortable. <laughs> I wouldn't say it. Like I said, it would make me feel more comfortable. Holy crap, that guy, uh, I'm sorry, Jeremy keeps posting these pictures in the chat, and he's like, I didn't God realize, damn it, Jeremy. Uh, <laughs> We're in the middle of a fucking episode, god damn it. You're welcome. This is what I deal with with these guys. This is what I deal with everyone. Really want to know what goes on behind the scenes? This is what I fucking deal with. I found it, Seth. You can say it. Go for it. What, what, the Stormtrooper <laughs> one or the... I, no, I know what you're no, no, talking no, no. about. This, the Stormtrooper one is for later. Okay, but okay. the the one I just posted. Yeah, the Father Gabriel guy who uh, in The Walking Dead. Apparently, he used the you know the black guy in the movie too. Um, yeah, he does. I didn't realize that. I yeah. didn't realize that he looks totally different right there. Uh, well, he was fucking young back then. <laughs> well, right. Well, yeah, no. <laughs> no, no, no. But I, I didn't realize it though. <laughs> yeah, he's the dude that when they have the dead bug, he walks up to it and just starts blasting oh. on it. Like, ah, oh, take that, you want some more, bug? Oh, you want some more? That was him. That was him. <laughs> just I really liked him, and him. I don't, I do not like that Father Gabriel and the He sacrifices himself dead. at the end, spoiler alert. He's, yeah, what, he's the one that takes dead? the nuke and is like, get out of here, get out of here, Sarge. Yeah, that's him. That's him. Uh... So speaking of the full frontal nudity, Jesus Christ. So speaking of the full frontal nudity, in Russia and Australia, the movie had to be cut uh, with violence, sex scenes, and full frontal nudity, a.k.a. titties. Uh, no. uh, because uh, Russia and Australia, they're very strict on things that, that, that are shown, uh, which is actually, uh, when we did our Left 4 Dead episode, I think, I'm pretty sure I forgot to mention that Australia, they couldn't even release Left 4 Dead 2 there until after the fact. Because uh, they had to cut out all gore for that game to be released there. Same thing with Starship Troopers. They had to uh, remove all sex scenes, cut down on the violence, and remove frontal nudity. Um, and as well, the scene... so m- This fucking thing. When they moon the camera, they had to put static over their asses because the nudity was too far in their guidelines. Couldn't even show bare asses of people mooning every, mooning the camera. They had to static it. No, I, I, I just want to let them know that the bugs aren't real. They actually weren't shooting anything. Oh, yeah, oh, they didn't do the fact. special facts until later on, so they all had to act it out. <laughs> oh, believe me, oh I got some God, fun facts we, here. Uh, I want to see a, now I want to see a, co- a copy of Starship Troopers where there's no bugs in it, no CGI bugs. It's just the actors. Oh, but I got I got some fun stuff with that. Uh, <coughs> so, uh, in the books, they use exosuits uh, to fight everything. Uh, they uh, kind of like uh, that movie uh, Edge. I think it's called Edge of Tomorrow, right? Live Die Repeat. Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, they. That's essentially what they have in that book. Uh, they have <laughs> exosuits that are exactly like that. Uh, but these were not used in the movie. Uh, number one budget. <laughs> They just didn't have the money to make exosuits for everyone. Uh, but they basically grasshopper grasshopper hop in the book. Like, they jump around and fight bugs. Uh, so the reasoning behind it was, number one, budgeting. But number two, uh, using wires for the hover jumps would take longer and would look really stupid if they didn't do it right. 
Uh, but number three, <laughs> it was a huge liability to have these people dangling on wires in case anything went wrong. Uh, but they also felt that, like, if they're using the jetpacks and hovering, like, it takes away the, uh, like, the intense factor of, like, when they're getting surrounded and they're getting murdered off, picked off one by one. They also felt that if they had that in there, they're like, well, that kind of, like, that takes away, like, that exciting factor of, like, are they going to make it out of here? Are they going to be able to survive if they're just able to hover and shoot? Like, that kind of ruins what we're going for here. So No, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah, so that uh, so those were the reasons why they didn't actually have that in there. Uh, but mainly, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's fucking liability. Like, you're going to have people on wires, like, if somebody trips or does something wrong and gets hurt, like, it's your ass. So they're like, yeah, let's, let's not do that. Uh, and also, so with the, as I said, with the way this world is, uh, it's very much like government controls everything kind of thing with this movie, uh, which is made apparent by, uh, any of like the adult characters you see, uh, the biology teacher is blind and is scarred up on the face. Uh, the drill instructor is an amputee. He has no legs. Uh, and even, uh, Michael Ironside's character is an amputee. He's missing, uh, part of his arm. Uh, and they said that uh, they purposely did that to show, like, that the way that this world works is their government doesn't give a shit. Like, they, they don't give a shit. Like, you're just going in there. If you die, you die. If you get injured, well, that's just part of it. But it's so hard drilled into everyone's head that, like, you have to do this and you have to do this and that. Uh, so that's why they put it in there is to show, like, this is really what the life is like. Like, even though they went through all that, they're still right back to working for it because, like, that's just the life. Um, hey, but can we just say, you know, to simplify and say, you know, at least they were oppor- uh, like an equal opportunity for fighters. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, but Dale I'm died. I'm not going uh, into that one. Uh, yes, it's uh, me, Morbius, the Splendor, or the sugar-free vampire, if you will. Uh, you remember me from an older episode here. Uh, but I'm just here on behalf of the guys to tell you about podcorn.com. Uh, that's P-O-D-C-O-R-N. Dot com. Uh, they're a fantastic little website. Uh, they're able to help you find sponsors that will sponsor your work, um, as well as if you're a brand to help get the word out through a podcast. Um, now, they cut out the middleman, and you don't have to give up anything to be able to use it. Um, it's just a great and fantastic way to be able to find sponsors. So we do thank Podcorn for being able to help us find them and sponsoring today's episode. Um if you would like, you can go to podcorn.com and be able to find those sponsors, get your ideas out, or even get paid for getting those sponsorships. Now, gentlemen, back into this podcast, and I'm sorry for the brief delay in your podcast. Uh, Dale Dyer, or Dale D, or sorry, no, uh, sorry, no, uh, the, the instructor guy, uh, the recruiter who has, who's the amputee, fun fact, he's an actual amputee. They didn't have to use anything to make it look like he didn't have legs. He just didn't have legs. So <laughs> that's why he was casted into that role. <laughs> I mean, same thing happened to, uh, you know, Lieutenant Dan. They actually cut off his legs for the forest dump, and then they sewed him back on after they were done. <laughs> uh, you're fucked. <laughs> Yes, I am. Uh, so, <clears throat> so they filmed a lot of this movie in Wyoming, uh, which, you know, obviously, if you don't know Wyoming, it's hot as fuck out in the desert. So, 
So while filming in Wyoming, uh, the crew kept suffering from heat strokes uh, in uh, 1200 degree weather. Like the weather was, you know, hitting the thousand mark or over. So people kept having a fucking heat stroke. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the helmets and suits were remade to have slits in them. Uh, to allow airflow while filming, so people would stop passing the fuck out from heat stroke. <laughs> uh, they were also supposed to have full-on, like, wetsuit, like, diver wetsuits underneath their uh, whole getup. Uh, but again, it was too, way too fucking hot, so they were like, yeah, we'll lose that, and cut slits and everything else. Like, there, we have people, like, almost dying out here. <laughs> we should probably not do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> just, Jesus Christ. Oh, and Jeremy, I think you'll find this part interesting. What? So, uh, with filming this movie, do you know how they got everyone to to band together like an actual military? Threw them in basic training? Correct. Uh, Dale Die, or Dale D, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, so forgive me, sir. No disrespect. I, I respect your service. Uh, he was an ex-military instructor, and he took the cast on an 11-day training boot camp. How to lead your squad, rifle exercises, etc. Uh, and he would actually get annoyed at the crew if they didn't follow what he taught them in his Marine Guidelines training. Like, he would straight up get pissed. Like, in the, the Death from Above, there's they actually show him doing the training stuff. And, like, there's a whole thing about him getting, like, really pissed at Verhoeven of, like, no, that's not what the fuck a Marine would do. That's not what the fuck I taught them. <laughs> um and actually uh the they had uh, all their extra people uh they were they were their own separate squads and he would purposely take one person out of each of the the extras crew and make them the squad leader and when they weren't shooting they would run it like they were in the military uh so they would be like all right you got 10 you got 10 you got five whatever and like they actually show that in the death from above like the dude walking back into like the set and being like all right guys we got five do whatever like the dude had them like straight up acting like a marine squad like the dude was no shit taken 11 day training and even the uh, the cast talked about of like yeah he'd wake us up at the crack of dawn we do a five mile run, then come back and like push ups and sit ups, and then he'd run us through. This is how you use your rifle. This is how you do this, like the hand exercises, the motions. Like this is what you tell somebody if you wanted to do that. Like it was very grueling, like legit boot camp. This guy ran them through to get just for this movie. Like it was for nothing other than this movie. But like they, they had to go through marine training for this shit. Yeah, I can, I can see why he's pissed if, if they're going through <clears throat> Marine training. And uh, my Marine brothers, you know, they're very good at what they do. Even though we make fun of them all the time, we call them crayon wow. eaters. But w they're was, very good and they're very dedicated to the skills that they use and the skills that they actually teach. Mm -hmm. If you fuck it up, all hell is going to break loose. Oh, exactly. They are very precise on their movements. They're very precise on their formations and they're very precise on all of their tactics and if you fuck it up yeah you're you're gonna be you're gonna be in our world of hurt but the fact that they oh. actually did that i think actually brings the movie into a different limelight it as does. far as the amount of effort that went into making it look like oh. them being soldiers and actually going into combat 
I think that so, that right there is really intense, especially for any actor. And I think it's actually carried on to a hell of a lot more movies because of it. You know, and ninety uh, percent of the bugs were CGI. There was there were very few animatronics that they had made. So, uh, do you know how the do you know how very I know Seth knows, but Anthony and Jeremy, do you happen to know how Verhoeven got them to act out their scenes without having anything any of the animatronic bugs? I swear to God, uh, if you tell me they got naked again, I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah, he would, he would get naked and wave his car. <laughs> I'll show you a bug. No, look right at my balls. Look at the balls. Uh, I'm going to guess they got wild marsupials. What the fuck? They dressed <laughs> them up and people reacted to them. I think I'm a little bit closer on the spot of him getting naked. <laughs> Maybe that's where we got the idea for the brain bug. Most uh, bugs were CGI. Uh. <laughs> so, Jesus Christ. So, most bugs were CGI, and they did use uh, a very few life-size animatronics. Uh, but most times, Paul Verhoeven himself would actually act out and shout at the actors. <laughs> to, uh, to elicit the reactions from them of how they would react uh, to the scene that was going on. So he would literally just be behind the scene of, ah, ah, argh, like that was him. And then what they were shooting is everything you see in the movie. Like in the brain bug scene, when, ja, when she cuts off the shit and she's like dancing around, it's just him behind the camera going, ah, ah, okay, now, now I'm coming at you. Now I'm coming at you. Now, ah. Ah, what would you what do you do? You gotta survive. Ah That was him behind camera for ninety percent of that movie. <laughs> well no, and oh, Jeremy, I actually, you were actually a lot closer. Actually, <laughs> I know, right? All the cast said that they were very they really liked working with him because they said he didn't use the, the typical acting methods. They were like, because we didn't have anything to use, he would be behind camera shouting at us. But, like, if something didn't work for us personally, like, he would go out of his way to find what worked for us to get the scene, and then he would run with that. Like, he was very, he's very, very intimate in how they do scenes. Like, if some, if, so say you're doing a scene, and you're like, ah, you know, I'm just not feeling it. He would find whatever it is that would get you into the mindset to do that scene, and he would do that specifically for you for that scene. Maybe I get naked. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you like? You don't like my balls. Look at them. Look at them. <laughs> again, again, the visual reference for the brain bug. <laughs> By the way, that thing was ugly in the third movie. I mean, Where already, do you think they got the visual for it? I mean, it was already ugly in the first movie, but oh my God, it was uglier. <laughs> uh so, fun fact as well, uh, you know, yeah, they weren't shooting anything, but uh, there was more ammo used in this movie than anything else that had come before it, and this came out 300,000 rounds. <laughs> Wait, how much? 300,000. 300, oh, that's a good day at the range right there. <laughs> yeah, there was, they, they spent most of the budget on getting ammo for the fucking guns. <laughs> No wonder why they went over budget. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, it was uh, it's a futuristic world, but they use World War II tactics. That's why they like ban into firing squads and they like corner in bugs and shoot them down. Oh. Uh, so basically, the way he put it was like if Hitler won, you know, it's uh, actually I have that's not firing squads. With. 
I'm, I'm just going to say that now. Uh, and that Marine would be very pissed that you call them firing squads. So <laughs> Okay, well, what Mr. It is, fucking Technical, you're the one in the army. You fucking correct me, that asshole. So they broke off into their team inside of their platoon or their squad inside of their platoon to eliminate the bug together as a cohesive team. Fuck yourself. So, Jeremy, I have a question. Yes. How much does it hurt you to talk good about the Marines? (laughs) (laughs) It burns my soul. (laughs) But then again, I can make fun of them because I'm in the service. So, I mean, if you you uh, literally sit down with with, uh, an Army guy, a Navy guy, a Marine guy, an Air Force guy, and a National Guard guy, we will sit there and trash talk the hell out of each other until somebody else steps in, like a normal civilian that's never served. Just be like, well, you shouldn't call him fat because you look fat too. Everybody at that table will immediately start attacking that one person. And then once that person is eliminated or away from us, then we turn around and then start giving each other shit again. So this one's more for Jeremy than anybody. Uh, but the rifles okay. in the movie are based off the Ruger Mini-14 in custom bullpup stocks similar to those available for rifles and shotguns in the 80s. Ooh. Yeah, so a little thing for Jeremy there. I knew he'd, he'd enjoy that. Ooh. Uh, as mu- and also with how much ammo they used, there was also 17 gallons of fake blood used on this movie. <laughs> now you're talking. Now you got my attention. <laughs> 17 gallons? That ain't a whole lot. Jeremy, do you know how much 17 gallons is? Yes. It's like 17 gallons. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, they used about 17 gallons of fake blood for the movie, uh, which, fun fact as well, uh, so, you know those little cut scenes that they have, as we were referencing before, the, do you want to know more? So, in the scene when the cow gets killed, it's censored, because in the, the way of the world there, it's that a, the PETA organization said it was cruelty to animals. So they had to blur the scene, and they just had a guy with a hose with fake blood spray the wall down. <laughs> uh, same thing when they when they go to test the brain bug. Uh, when they go to test the brain bug, but they edit out this what they're actually doing to it, uh, that is because the government itself doesn't want people to know what they're actually doing so they can keep their tactics a secret. Uh, so that's why they don't show what's actually going on. So... There's some fun thing behind the scenes for you. Well, I mean, there's only a few options if you got yourself a circular saw and a jackhammer and it's screaming in agony. Hey, you know, go fuck yourself. <laughs> hey, so, so I did the math. That's about 15 normal average humans worth of blood. See, they were, see now if they were smart, they would have just used live ammo. <laughs> Still not enough to make a sword okay. out of the blood of your enemies. All right, so who's not really doing a good job? Okay, we got those 15 people. All right, just take them out back and shoot them in brain, and, you know, we'll, we'll just use their blood. We didn't <laughs> get Mark Wahlberg? Damn. Hey, Jared, uh, did you tell them about uh, how many sets of armor they made? No, go ahead, Seth. I think they said they made close to 2,000 sets of armor for the entire movie. Jesus Christ! Yep. I think they were going. I think they were going to have more, um, more people on set for more of the battle scenes. But 
I think that ended up being uh, cut out. But oh yeah, man, and, uh, uh, that's two thousand more than uh, Star Wars made clone troopers. So uh, with that army instructor as well, uh, you know when they have like the graduation thing and they're all doing that salute. It has like the flag, whatever. Fun fact with that one as well. Uh, the arm, the marine instructor was actually behind the camera and he made them rehearse that over and over and over and over, uh, because that was the military of that movie of like the saluting to the flag kind of thing. So he made him rehearse that shit over and over and over to make sure they were uniformed and correct when they shot that scene. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I can imagine. I, I, I guarantee you that that was one of the most intense parts of their training right there. Because when you join the army here in normal day civilization here in the U S or anywhere else, the, the amount of fuckery you see when people try to salute is amazing and astonishing mathematically you cannot predict how many people are going to fuck it up but it is very important to the military regardless of anywhere in the entire world is the salute to their flag because that is what they're serving for and that is what they're dying for at the end of the day so that is the most pride that we show and like and even today and that's the in mindset the they went into with this movie exactly and and especially with having a marine there the the amount of professional that they showed towards their flag in that movie is still the amount of professionalism here in the United States, at least in our military that we show towards our flag. Oh, and also the, uh, <clears throat> the whole thing about fleet and, uh, the grunt troops not getting along. That wasn't actually in the book. Uh, that was something they specifically added for the movie. In the book. Well, I mean, Every every different branch of every different military around the world, they they all like like us. Like like I said, you sit down a, a army or army, navy, uh, airmen, and national guard, and they all sit there and they trash talk each other because at the end of the day we're all brothers. So we're gonna hate each other no matter what. We're still gonna be there for each other when we need each other. Um, but this movie had a lot of World War Two influence. Uh. Which I think is why, honestly, I think is why it's Verhoeven's, his favorite movie that he's done is because growing up during, in the like, literally, he was born in, like, 1938. So, like, he was born, like, smack dab in the fucking middle of the war. Uh, like, he was born smack dab in the middle of it in, in Europe. So, like, he grew up in the shit. It's, uh, so it has a lot of things that influenced it. Uh, the cutscenes were like, would you like to know more? Uh, he based them all off uh, World War II propaganda movies uh, with Hitler and whatnot. Uh, he based them off of that, uh, which is why they have like the fadeaways and the scenery the way they do, uh, is he wanted to capture the way propaganda films were made. <clears throat> so with that, Seth had alluded to this early on in the episode. Uh, and we're going to end out on some things that were said about that. <clears throat> so first off, this is the director when it comes to this movie. Looking at the wars and crimes, the darkness, we are not, we're not really nice people. We are not a benevolent, a benevolent species in any way. We are killers because that is just the way we are. We have to assume the life in the universe would also be that way. And if there were another species that, say, were to be 
oh, 2,000 years ahead of us in their evolution, it would be extremely dangerous to notify them of our existence because you'd have exactly what happens in this movie. You're just, you're, you're reaching out to a species that's doing the same thing that you've been doing, but they are so far ahead of you that they would just wipe you from the map. Uh, and that's what he got at with this movie. Uh, with that, this is where we get into things that are going to be controversial for Jeremy, but it's part of it, so we're covering it. <clears throat> so Michael Ironside, when he read the script, <clears throat> he went up to Paul Verhoeven, and this is how that went down. Why are you doing a, a right-wing fascist movie? If I were to tell the world fascism the way the way it is does not work, no one would listen. I could stand on a soapbox, yell my head off. No one would listen. So I'm showing them that a functional fascist world, perfect people, beautiful, shiny people, everyone, everyone has guns and fancy ships, but they're only good for killing fucking bugs. It was his way. It was his way of showing uh, that that fascism, the way it was, just it doesn't work because all it does is point people in the direction of the next war and who you're going to hate next, and not actually fixing anything that you have a problem. Just blame it on someone else and keep going. Uh, which again, it's because that's what he he was born into World War Two. He saw it happen before his very eyes, so his whole thing was like. That's the way this book was written, of the sense of the government controls it. They they made the war go on. Uh, so he took the opportunity to take that and put it into context in the movie. But because of this, Seth alluded to this, uh, why this movie, uh, when it first came out, got shitted on. Because uh, it was seen as a Nazi-loving movie, and not the ironic take on fascism that Verhoeven meant. Uh, so when it first debuted, it was protested in ex-fascist countries. So you know, Dude, that this guy can't get a break. Like people watch RoboCop and think he's a serious movie. Yeah, yeah, he can't get a break. <laughs> he really can't. He's like, oh, you love Nazis. Like, no. Like, where the fuck do you get that? Like, anything I have with this, where are you getting this? That is not what I meant at all. <laughs> I fucking hate all of you. <laughs> Especially the Nazis. <clears throat> but yeah, like um, you know, the other thing I liked is you know when they were getting out of high school, their whole a culture is like you know you if you do not serve, you are nothing or you would never be anything. And so it's like it's a society that makes you want to join, join with your friends. And you know, back in the Nazi Germany, that's how it was back then. If you weren't in the group, you know, you were considered outcasts. And, and if you're didn't... not contributing to society, you know, what what point? are you doing around, you know? And that's exactly how these movies go. Like, anybody that's a farmer or anything, they all get shitted on by, uh, by, by, the, by the core of soldiers there, is that they're not doing their part to help anybody because they're not fighting. Ooh. And that's really the way the movie goes. Uh, just, it's just the way Verhoeven did it. It's still a great movie. I don't give a shit. Uh, but it's also, because uh, when they're actually doing, like, a test screening on it, <clears throat> uh, one of the people actually asked him, like, why? Because like when Neil Patrick Harris comes in towards the end, he has like what base, what legitimately was a Nazi officer uniform, just without all the badges. And they turn to him, they're like, "Why does he look like a Nazi officer?" He's like, "Well, that's the point. This is a world of fascism, so 
they're gonna have the look of exactly that. Like, that's like, the point. Why does he look like? Hey George Lucas, why are your stormtroopers look acting looking look look and act like Nazis? They're called stormtroopers. Oh. <laughs> uh, but it's well, the same thing the... Uh, with the dropships they come in on. He based them off the World War II dropships. Uh, all the scenes where they're running off of those into battle, uh, he based those around like the storming of Normandy, where everybody's just getting wiped the fuck out, but everyone's still running out. Uh, so a lot of the imagery he used was based off World War II things. So yeah, you know? But yeah, it was just that... Uh, uh, the his, his his quote about the movie was that fascism doesn't work and that all who those who seek and part those who seek to partake and do partake in war because of that it makes fascists of us all was his point of the was his point on it you fascist bastard <laughs> well i mean that that was his uh that's his quote about this movie was that after growing up in World War II, he's like, the people like Hitler that seek out war and don't care about anything else but looking for the person, next person to blame and next person to fight, it just it just makes a fascist out of everyone, and it doesn't work. It, it's just not a reliable form of government. It doesn't work. Yeah, and if it's ever, ever, if it's ever stopped, the system would fall apart on itself, uh, which was the big thing about 1984. If the if the government in 1984 just stopped waging war, it would collapse because people would start wondering what is going on. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know. <coughs> but no, so that's Starship Troopers. That's things there. Uh, some other fun facts I have were that uh, Gary Busey's son there uh, actually learned how to play violin for that movie. Uh, which I thought was fucking hilarious because the scene where he plays electric violin is such a such a small small scene in the overall aspect of that movie. Uh, but he went out of his way to make sure he knew how to play the song he was gonna play for that movie, uh, even though it's only like maybe maybe five ten minute scene. I was like, really? Like that's like really dedicated work to play violin like that. Like you it wasn't Give a very it long scene. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, that's Starship Troopers, you know, it came out in 97. If you haven't seen it, I mean, I suggest watching it. Like, it's not a bad movie at all. It has a lot of fun stuff. Oh, and uh, also, the scene where Caster Van Dien, uh, when Rico jumps off that tanker bug, when he, uh, you know, when he shoots the hole, he throws a grenade, he jumps off. Fun fact, he broke his ribs on the landing doing that scene. Cool. <laughs> no way. <laughs> like when he did the jump, he broke a couple ribs. So, <laughs> well, good job. Uh, uh, and, uh, I I would like to say something about uh, Casper. Um, his dedication to the series is really amazing. He's been back for oh, fuck yeah. two CGI movies. He came yeah. back for the third live action movie, Marauder. Um, as an older major, I think it was a major, but Dude, like, you I, know, he's one of those people that learned like I'm just Johnny Rico. Like, there's no escaping it. Like, that's just <laughs> it's what I'm gonna be known for. Uh, but yeah, he comes back for the the third Starship Trooper movie, uh, and then the two CGI Trader Mars and Invasion. He both he comes back for both of those to voice the character of Rico. 
Can I talk about my favorite scene in Starship Troopers? Oh, most assuredly. Sure. Yeah, go for it. It's the scene where <clears throat> it's the scene where they're uh, throwing knives. And Gary, <laughs> Gary Busey's son's like, "Why do I need to learn how to throw a knife when all everyone's gonna do is push a button?" <laughs> and then his fucking charge is like, "Okay, put your hand on that wall. Now push the button." <laughs> that was actually something. Uh... Pretty sure when I was doing the research that that's actually something the Marine instructor pointed out for him because they they had that scene in there, but it didn't have him getting his hand stuck. And then the Marine instructor is like, you know, what we would do like, you know, what we'd honestly do. And he explained that to him. They're like, and Verhoeven was like, that's a perfect fucking scene. We need to put that in there now because that's how he put it. He's like, yeah, no, somebody stepped out of line. Like we'd show him exactly why. And then they started mulling it over and Verhoeven's like, yeah, but you know what? We're going to have that be a scene because that, that's a good military point. <laughs> so they had that whole scene put in uh, off recommendation there. So, yeah, like it was uh, it, it's it's a fun movie. The, the behind like just honestly go watch Death from Above. The it, It's literally like you can find it on YouTube. I think it's in like four four parts. Uh, it, it's really it's just interesting in general to see how they actually made that movie. And it's just the Verhoeven like shouting at them behind the camera to get their to get the reactions was some of the funniest shit. <laughs> like there's like for the brain bug, he's like holding a broom over his head, like shouting at shouting at her as she's like backing away. I'm just like Jesus Christ. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, they all they all love Verhoeven. They they all said you know we like working with him. Uh, but no the the second movie and third movie again I I I had there's to rewatch good parts them. to it but yeah. there's there's good parts but but mostly it's like what am I watching yeah, for real I thought <laughs> I was the only one especially that the that. third especially the third movie because there's I mean I'm just going to put a spoiler out there movie. the the Sky Marshal or you know the guy in charge of the whole yeah. um the whole Federation thing he is trying to worship the alien god and he's trying to you know, submit the say, uh, the humans to the hum- uh, aliens. It's like, I why? Say, I did find that, that, w- that I did find fucking hilarious, because you had, like, the, whatever the fuck she was, is basically like a stewardess of the fleet command there, but she's all, like, super Christian, is all like, we all believe in the one true God, and you have this <laughs> crazy fucking dude, like, oh, I believe in God. <laughs> doesn't tell him that it's the fucking bug that's living in the planet it's like yeah I believe in God I'm gonna take you to see him see he believes in God <laughs> they'll find out sooner or later oh god no I hope you never watch either of those they're, they're both oh I've seen them all god my pro- okay my problem with the second movie or no the third movie is that there was just fucking nothing going on like, 50% of that fucking movie is them walking around in a goddamn desert. Like, they they used all their money on the shitty CGI and the first <laughs> battle scene. <laughs> That's not even good. <laughs> like, the brain bug planet, when they actually show that, it is the just shittiest fucking CGI work. <laughs> and the only thing that looks worse than that is when they bring when Rico and his squadron come in in like those like exoskeleton things. Angels. <laughs> the CGI is so bad. 
Like, what the <laughs> fuck did you blow your budget on? Like, fuck. <laughs> God damn. Uh, and then the second one has, like, those parasite things. Which, which is my only thing with those two movies. is like, they don't acknowledge each other. And there's shit shown in those movies that, like, they, they just don't fucking acknowledge ever again. It's like, what the fuck was the point of that then? Like, I thought the parasite things were, like, a cool concept. But you never fucking bring those up again. Those are just, well, yeah, we use them for this movie. And we'll never use do, those again. What the fuck? I do believe that they, I do believe that they referenced uh, those, at least in the cartoon series that they developed for Starship Troopers. Yeah, though it was short-lived. That. Yeah, I um, imagine why. Yeah, it was it was short lived because not a whole lot of people knew about it or watched it, and it really didn't air anywhere else other than online. So, um, so but like I do believe the, that uh, they actually covered that, and I think that they wiped wiped them out, and they were specifically being bred on that one planet. And basically, it's like kind of like a research station. You know how we have research stations everywhere no. where we research different like viruses and all of that. No. Well, consider that planet for the bugs as a giant research station. That's fucked. So before it could get anywhere else, they they eliminated <clears throat> the planet. I don't know. The first movie, Verhoeven is he, he's an amazing director when he's done shit. Uh, the only he's one naked. <laughs> <laughs> the the only movie he, that he's built a new meaning. Sorry. The only movie he's done out of his like catalog there. Honestly, it would just be Hollow Man with Kevin Bacon. Like that's the only one that's like, eh. but RoboCop and Total Recall and this one are fucking phenomenal sci-fi movies. I love all three of them. Like I didn't know he, I knew he directed RoboCop, but I didn't know he did Total Recall. So I was like, oh shit, he did that one too. Goddamn! Like dude's got a fucking phenomenal track record. Other than Hollow uh, Man he, with he, Kevin Bacon. Well, he did. He also did Basic Instinct. I did not know that. Wow, yeah, because I looked him up, and uh, he's directing another movie that's coming out. Oh, what what one's he doing that's coming out? The Legend of Conan. Oh shit! Really? Mm-hmm. The new Arnold Schwarzenegger Conan movie. You know, as much as what? I don't think Arnie should be doing movies still, because I mean, obviously <laughs> can't be doing stunts and things. Been proven with the Terminator movies, keeps fucking hurting himself. It's like fucking Harrison Ford keep doing indie. Like you just keep hurting yourself. Stop. Don't, 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 don't. But that, but that, that's fucking interesting because he's fucking amazing at doing sci-fi movies, and him doing Conan like that, oh, oh, that one has potential. Now I was very iffy about it, knowing Verhoeven's gonna be doing it. Oh my fucking god, I ah, oh, I want to say that'll be a fucking good one. Then he's fucking phenomenal at doing this shit. He's just he's fucking good at what he does. He really is. Uh, also. Uh, we're uh, to end out the episode here as well. So, since we all like this one, uh, I'm sorry to say that Sony is rebooting it. Well, I'm the rebooting Starship Troopers. Yeah, Sony and Battlestar Galactica. So, I mean, everyone's doing a reboot these days. Sony's yes. uh, been in the talks to redo it entirely for like two years, and they there was an announcement made this before the end of this past year here. Uh, that uh, they are officially working on it and they're working on the script right now. I don't like that because I don't feel that this is a movie that needs to be redone. I feel like it's going to lose a lot of its uh, 
it's sort of originality be, message. It is. Yeah. Because Verhoeven, I, I haven't seen him tied with the project at all, so whoever does it is probably going to fuck it up royally, and it's going to be a total shit show. I'm very upset. Because my thing is, like, you could just make, like, another one. Like, name it whatever, and it could be its own thing. You don't have to fucking remake the first movie. Like, the first movie is perfect the way it is. Don't ruin it. Don't ruin it. I mean, I would love to see a live action movie where it's like, you know, multiple years, like a third one where, you know, it's been probably 10 or 20 years after the first movie. And there's literally getting their ass kicked by the aliens. But no, it's not going to happen. I guarantee you could get Casper Van Dien to return as Rico if they were to make something that was just a connection kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Especially if it scars his daughter for life. Hell, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what Anthony wants to see? What's that? Hmm. I want to see their their explanation of how the bugs were able to launch it in space, go all the way across the galaxy, and hit Buenos Aires. That's all I want. That's actually... Oh, I'm not drunk on the job. Actually... (laughs) Uh, that's something, when I was looking into this episode, that's something that's alluded to that the the Big Brother government of that of that world did that, and that it wasn't actually the bugs. Because again, oh, well, cause his, his whole point of that movie is the way that that government works is that they have everyone geared towards that war so that they don't question anything else. Like, this is what we have everyone <clears throat> geared towards. So they, they basically, they... Because he, the way he puts it is that the bugs aren't the bad guys. He's like, we see them as the bad guys, but they were just minding their own fucking business. Like, every time you see them get attacked, they're just defending their own world. Like, the humans are just coming out of nowhere and start slaughtering them. Like, yeah. I mean... I got, I got fooled. Yeah. So, yeah, it's so basically... It the, the red, so, it was a red flag. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Buenos Aires is it's alluded to that the government is the one that blew it up and then they're like, Oh, the bugs sent a comet and killed us. We have to attack them. Everyone look this way. Like we're geared this way now is the way that world goes. At well, least they're not going there for oil. <laughs> <laughs> the bugs have oil. <laughs> no fucking comment. Uh, so so I'm gonna end out the episode with uh, some news. Oh, hold with on, some... hold on. I got a story. I got a story that actually ties into this. It better be quick, because we got some news to cover over. So I actually had to run a training op one time and uh so I was actually sitting there and I was getting graded, so I had like a whole whole platoon in front of me that I was running. So I was like, Alright, <clears throat> For you new people, because I, I had like five of the guys that I was working with prior, so they already knew me, and we we're all geeks for this, and we all love it. And I was like, all right, for you new people, just have one rule. Everybody fights. Nobody quits. If you don't do your job, I kill you myself. <laughs> so you literally quoted this fucking movie. I did. The funny part is, is some of the NCOs that were grading did not understand Aww. that I was quoting Aww. this movie. One of them checked <laughs> me and slammed me on the ground and immediately took my rifle for threatening the soldiers. <laughs> the lieutenant colonel in the background is dying. <laughs> and they're like, sir, this is a serious offense. He's like, you just realized you quoted a fucking movie. Dude, you got tackled over Starship Troopers. <laughs> I know. And the, the, the NCO was like, I have no idea. He's like sitting there. He's like, uh, 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 uh. so the lieutenant colonel's like, it's all right. I got you. 
Rico, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> I walk over, I grab my rifle from this NCO, and I said, see, I told you. Now let's go kill some bugs. Oh my fucking At that God. point, it clicked, and he's like, "Oh my God, I feel like a dumbass." <sighs> but you know what? It's the best. It's the best training op I've ever ran, and I came back with a hundred percent of my soldiers. Nice. I was happy. That's tough. <laughs> well, that's a good way to end the everybody. Everybody, everybody, but that one NCO just did not understand. Jesus Christ, Jeremy. Just getting yourself killed over Rico. Just you should write Casper Van Dien and tell him that. See what his response would be. All right. So uh, we do have some nerd news to go over to end out the episode here. Uh, number one, there was a, an arrest on the MCU, which came oh, up Tuesday. <laughs> What's her name? Uh, uh, Molly Fitzgerald. Uh, she was in Captain America, uh, the first Avenger. Uh, Seth pointed out she was one of the Stark girls. Uh, she murdered her fucking mom. She's been arrested uh, for stabbing her mother to death uh, and attempting to, uh, I believe it was uh, trying to murder her sister. Uh, but she's on $500,000 bail right now, uh, which I don't think she's getting out of it. <laughs> she just fucking murdered her mom. Uh, so that's new. That happened on New Year's Eve. What a hell of a way to end a year. Um, uh, as well, uh, then the other things I want to cover over for nerd news here. Number one, for all of you who have Disney+, Plus, uh, Disney, in response to people canceling their subscription because Mandalorian ended, WandaVision has been pushed up. Uh, there's no official release date. But uh, it is speculated. That's why it got pushed up. Yeah, it's uh, it's speculated that it will be taking the place of Falcon Winter Soldier, which was supposed to be the end of this year. Uh, WandaVision will now be the end of this year, which means when uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier will be like end of spring, early summer. Ugh. So they're pushing the shows up um, because they kind of realize, like, oh shit, we don't have anything to keep people busy for a year. Oh, fuck. Well, these are almost done. Like We need to start moving these around. Oh, shit. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, I saw some great memes like where someone's like, the reason why you're canceling, this is the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, on top of that, we also have uh, that uh, Deadpool will be cameoed in Spider-Man 3. That was something nice. that has now been uh, in, spe- in speculation rumor that has been leaked out because of some words that have been shared. Uh, that Deadpool is very likely going to cameo in, in Spider-Man 3. Uh, Deadpool 3 was confirmed by Ryan Reynolds while we were on the break. Uh, confirmed that it's in the making right now for the MCU, so that'll also be something coming in Phase 5 uh, along with Fantastic Four and Blade. So that, that'll that be an interesting thing to go through. Um, we also have uh, Tom Holland Spider-Man will be cameoing in Venom 2. That one was confirmed the other day. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson will be cameoing uh, with his news stuff to tie it into the MCU and Spider-Man in Morbius. <laughs> and also, I think the coolest piece of fucking news that no one has come out to deny yet. Hugh Jackman was uh, reportedly seen talking with the directors of Deadpool 3. 
So it is now being said that Hugh Jackman's Wolverine will be making a cameo in Deadpool 3. And no one has bothered to deny this growing rumor. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a flashback a few years ago with uh, Hugh Jackman, where he said, like, when Logan was being made, yeah, this will be my last one, unless Disney, in the, unless Disney wants to be a part of the MCU. Hmm, my suspicions hmm. are tingling. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's looking very likely that Hugh Jackman will have some something going on with Deadpool threes as uh, as Wolverine. So that'll be fun to see. Uh, but th- that that's you know some fun news that was going on there. Um, as well as uh, it's looking very likely that Doctor Doom has been in the MCU from the very beginning. Well, not the very beginning, but since Age of Ultron. So this will. Be I'm nice. telling you, Sokovia is gonna be Latheria. That's exactly the theory that's going on, because uh, somebody actually pointed out that where Sokovia was, that if you look at the Marvel map, that's where Latveria is. So, since Sokovia was completely fucking demolished in Age of Ultron, uh, the fan theory that's been going around uh, is, number one, in Ant-Man and the Wasp, when they say that my boss, like, you know, the person that hired me is very curious to acquire this quantum, you know, jumper. Because they didn't name Norman, it's speculated that it's actually Victor Von Doom that he's working for, and that Victor is trying to make something. Secondly, because that's where Latveria technically would be, uh, and Fantastic Four is now confirmed to be coming in in the next phase, Doctor Doom is going to be coming. So, basically the way they're saying is that after the fall... Uh, Sokovia had no fucking idea what heroes, villains, or any of that shit was. So it would be very easy for someone like, say, Victor Von Doom to come in and be like, look at this quote-unquote magic, which, you know, it's not really magic, it's just him being technically advanced. Him coming in and being like, look at this, I can protect you now from all these things that have destroyed you. Makes Latveria, takes the, the old Ultron box, makes Servobots, uh, and starts... You know, going around conquering other kingdoms, which could be the potential secret villain that they have planned with Black Panther 2. And why he has to go recruit Namor is because a certain Victor Von Doom is coming to kick his shit in. Uh, and also, at the at the whole snap, because Sokovia doesn't know much about all that, it would be very fucking easy for Victor to just be like, I brought everyone back because of my magic. I helped you all. You should follow me now. Because they don't know any better. So that's just some fun stuff going on there. Uh, but we'll be back at you with some odd chat. Uh, we'll have an odd chat coming out next week to start because I'm still doing research on our next episode, uh, which I'm not going to give any teasers just yet. You'll have to tune in next week on the at Oddcast and on Twitter, uh, Oddcast Network on Facebook. Uh, we also have the Odd Jokey Pants on Instagram. I post little things there as well. Um, and you know, guys, we have the Patreon, the patreon.com. Look up, uh, we have the What an Oddcast Patreon. Uh, and me and Jeremy actually just recorded a bonus episode for over there. Hell yeah. Uh, and you can get access to that for as little as a dollar a month. Just a fucking dollar to help support the show. And you can get access to the bonus episodes we have going up there. Um, but yeah, until next time, guys, I'm Jared. That's Jeremy. That's Anthony. Uh, Hello. Our guest spot here is Seth. Uh, this has been What an Oddcast, and we'll catch you guys all next week. Thank you for listening. Feel free to share and go to that Patreon. But until next time, we'll see you around.